www.livealittlehigher.com. This week we read Parasha Balak, and Parasha Balak begins with the king of Moab, Balak. He sends, um, he sends a very important people to search for Balaam. Balaam was a prophet of the non-Jewish nations, and he, he sends them to bring him to uh, Moab so he can curse the Jewish people. At that time, the Jewish people are almost uh, entering the land of Israel. They have been fighting wars against the other nations and they have been victorious and this king Balak has become very very scared and so he decides that the only way that he can win this war against the Jewish people is if he hires Balaam this uh, prophet this sorcerer to come and curse the Jewish people and in that way he can win so this Balak this Balaam, I'm sorry, uh, <clears throat> goes and, um, and he tells the king of Moab that he can't uh, curse the Jewish people if God doesn't allow him to curse them. Like he can hate them inside of himself, but nothing will come out of his mouth that Hashem doesn't put in his mouth. So there's a joke that says that a man uh, is, is hard, it's trying very hard to understand God, and he wants to understand the nature of God, and he asks God, God, how long is a million years for you? So God answers the man and God says to the man, for me, one million years is like a second. So the man thinks a little more and then he goes and he asks God again. He says, and God, for you, what is a million dollars? So God answers the man, for me, a million dollars is just like a penny. So the man, he thinks he's very shrewd and he goes and he asks God, can I have a penny? And God answers him in a second. So in the Talmud tractate Berahot 7a, it says, God gets angry every day. How long does his anger last? A moment. How long is a moment? A moment is 150, 888 of an hour. And this is a moment. And no creature could determine what, mom, what that moment was in the day except Balaam. So Balaam had the power to know what that 150th of a second was during the day that would unleash Hashem's anger. So Rabbi Elazar says, God says to the Jews, know how many righteous acts I have done for you in not getting angry in the days of the wicked Balaam. Had I gotten angry, no remnant of the Jews would have survived. So uh, what Rabbi Lazar is saying is that <clears throat> There's many reasons for Hashem to destroy the world. Like there's a lot of people that really do horrible things and there's, there's a lot of uh, things that could bring Hashem to say, you know what, it's not worth keeping this thing going. Like it's ridiculous, I should just like close the shop. I'm not earning anything from this world. But in reality, Hashem in His great mercy he only has one second, less than a second that he thinks in this way. And then his Geburah comes out. The rest of the time, Hashem is merciful, he's loving, he's always giving us the benefit of the doubt, he's always encouraging us to, to, to do Teshuvah. This is all he wants, is for people to repent, for people to return to their essence, to, for people to connect to him, for people to bring his revelation in this world and make a dwelling place for Hashem down here. So this tractate teaches us that God has a very short window in time, a fraction of a second in which he exercises his Geburah, his 
injustice in the world, and then it gets slammed shut. It, it just closes down, and he resumes his kind and merciful ways. But God showed extraordinary kindness and mercy at the time, at that time when the Jewish people were in the desert, and at that precise time, they, that this this window was open that Balaam thought he could curse the Jewish people, Hashem uh, just closed it. He didn't open that, 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 that door. Why? Because the Jewish people at that moment in time were behaving beautiful. They, they, they were modest. They were not uh, engaging in illicit relationships. They were holy people. They were dwelling in their tents in a very beautiful way. They were learning. There was Akdut. There was Ahavat Israel, love for a fellow. There was everything that God loves at that moment. So at that moment, Hashem closed that the, he did this miracle in which he closed that that time frame and so uh, when Balaam was gonna um, curse the Jewish people at that moment only blessings came out of his mouth it's so much more that that blessing is recorded in our in our Sidur every morning we pray this 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 blessing which is oh oh how godly are your tents uh, Yaakov because the Jewish people were were building their tents in a way in which they were very modest. The entrance of one tent was not looking at the entrance of the other. They were not snooping uh, and looking at other people's belongings, other people's lives. They were very modest. So we see in the parasha that every time that Balaam tried to curse, only blessings would come out of his mouth. From here we're taught that God did two, two things. Uh, to stop Balaam's plan. First, God shot closed the window of time so his anger could not be unleashed, could not descend to the world. And secondly, he turned Balaam's curses into blessings. Although Balaam only said blessings, in his inner heart, in his inner mind, he hated the Jews tremendously. He was the most a biggest anti-Semite that has ever existed. He was a really Jew hater. And uh, he harbored very toxic thoughts and, and, and towards the Jewish people. So these thoughts had the potential to cause a lot of harm. If it wasn't for God's desire to protect the Jews, this idea has tremendous impact in our lives. Our thoughts are not so insignificant. This is what this parasha is teaching us, that thoughts matter. Most religions think that you don't uh, sin with your thoughts. But Jewish religion teaches us that even our thoughts are sinful. Like if a person has bad thoughts about somebody, is jealous, or is looking at something he shouldn't be looking, it is considered a sin. So they are powerful, they have impact, and they can do things. And this is what this parasha is teaching us here. So the lesson for each one of us is that we must super, be super vigilant with our minds to ensure that we protect our thoughts, that we protect what comes inside of our head. We know uh, by our forefather Jacob that when he was going out of the land of Israel, he, he laid down to sleep. What did he do? He put rocks around his head. Why did he, he, he didn't put rocks around his whole body? The, the Midrash says he put rocks around his head because he was uh, protecting his head. He was protecting his mind, his thoughts. This is where everything begins. Like, 
if you want to know why you're feeling a certain way, like people who are always sad or people who, who feel like low, low in themselves, think, look at what you're thinking. The, the thoughts that you harbor during the day determine your day, determine your way of, of life, determine how you feel. So the, the lesson for each of us is that we must be super vigilant in our minds because when the mind is as it should be, then consequently the hands and the feet will be as they should be. Uh, thoughts, whether directed at ourselves or, or other people, uh, as a, or others have a real effect. So as we know, thoughts matter. And according to Rabbi Yosef Itzhak Schneerson, the previous Lubavitcher Rebbe, in Likutei uh, Diburim, he says, he discusses that thoughts are not only the first and closest vehicle of, of the soul, but they have real bearing in actual life and have an impact on our actions. So as I've said before, there's the three garments of the soul. The soul is dressed in three garments. One is your thoughts, the other one's your speech, and the other one is your actions. So everything starts in the head. Everything starts in what you're feeling, in what you're thinking. The way you think is the way you're gonna speak and that's the way you speak is the way you're gonna act. So thinking about someone else with positive uh, thoughts, uh, this is actually an action. Like when you think good about a person, when you see that person, you're happy to see that person. If you don't think good about a person, when you see them, uh, you're gonna twist your face, you're gonna make a face, you're gonna maybe say something not nice about that person when you're with another person. And, uh, and that's the danger of the thoughts. So the way in which we can arouse mercy towards people uh, who give us a hard time is to think uh, about them in a positive way. Uh, I, what I do personally is I do the healing for them. I always say a chapter of the healing. If there's someone in my life that really uh, could come to give me bad feelings, I, I do the healing for them. And in that way, my thought process changes. Uh, like instead of, uh, of thinking bad about a person, I'm really praying for them and wishing them that they're, they're well, that they're, they're, they have, they're okay, that they're healthy, that they're, they have a nice life. So this way of thinking harbors in you mercy and love towards another. So, so the Friedrich Rebbe, who was the Rabbi, Schneer, uh, Rabbi Yosef Isaac, wrote that a well-known practice of the Chabad rabbis, of the Chabad rabbis, was to think deeply about their Hasidim. And those thoughts wouldn't engender real results. So they would think, oh, this, this, this Hasid of mine, he's such a good-hearted boy, look what he does, look how he treats uh, his friends, look how he does. And they would really look at all the good qualities of each one of them in that way, when they always felt good about them. And the Hasidim in return would also so arouse within them the love towards their Rebbe. They would think like, how nice to have a Rebbe, how nice to have someone that you feel that takes care of you. And in this way, this reciprocal love is known as water reflects away, a face. So when we think good about someone else, that other person will also feel good about us in general, because it touches a very, very, uh, deep place in the in the soul of that person. This practice, according to to the, the Rebbe, Yosef Yitzhak, arouses the innermost spiritual potency of the individual who's being thought about. 
Uh, we can attest to this that when you're like, for example, in a room and you look at a person and you're staring at them, eventually that person's gonna turn around and look at you. Why? Because it, go it goes very deep. So that Semak Sedek, the third Lubavitcher Rebbe, once declared, Trak put et send good. This is a very famous quote of him, which is always repeated. And he says, think good and it will be good. And this was, he said it in response to a person who had a, a sick child. So thinking in a positive way brings positive results. This is what the Semak Sedek says. And to understand this statement of the Semak Sedek, one must first understand that the definition of faith of Emuna is not blind belief. Like faith is not to believe blindly. This is not what he's saying. So faith is an effort of the soul that will elicit God's kindness as a result of his intention. So faith is that there's an effort inside of us. There's an effort, we pray, we give tzedakah, we, we, we believe. This is what uh, gives, gives the, the result. So those, when a person actively trusts in God to the extent that he puts his trust in him, this in itself brings kindness from Hashem. So we understand this concept a little better. We see that in the prayers of uh, Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, there's a very uh, famous prayer that we say, that we cry, Uteshuva, Utefila, Utsedaka, Ma'avirine, Ruach HaGezeira, penitence, prayer, and charity can avert the evil decree. So this is the effort of the soul. This is what has to be done. And we see it, like when we hear that someone's sick, then some, they do all these the healing groups, and people are praying for the person, and we're giving charity, and people are doing mitzvot, and they're taking upon themselves things that they never did some become kosher some become they start going to the synagogue some become start putting on the feeling and all this brings in itself a positive effect so I remember once I read in a book of prayer that a woman went to her rabbi and she was distraught because her husband had been sick and uh, and they, they did everything. They, they, they prayed, they gave charity, they did teshuva, they did everything they had to do in order for her husband to, to get well. And eventually the husband did not get well, he, he passed away. And she was very distraught and says, why, why did he, I, I don't understand, where did all these prayers go? What happened to all this uh, teshuva and all this tzedakah? What happened to it? So the rabbi said to her, you know, all this dressed your husband like Hashem has decreed there's times in life when things have to go a certain way and, and it doesn't mean it's bad if you think it's good it's good so he said your husband all this charity all these prayers all this teshuva that was done in his name dressed him in the most beautiful dress he went up to heaven with all these merits he took these merits with him he went dressed like a king so this is what the what the tzemak tzedek is saying we have to think good and it will be good because it's all in the mind if we think it's good it's good like we know the person didn't end up how we wanted them to end up but at the end we know inside of us we have this this uh, feeling of peace that we know that that person is in a good place he's, he's well and this is what the the Rebbe says so according to the Jewish law and basic decency a man cannot get engaged to a woman under false pretenses. This is a Jewish law, and it says if he claims to be a millionaire, a millionaire he must be. Like if the guy comes to the lady and he says, you know, I'm a millionaire, and it happens to be he has no one penny in his, in his bank account, 
the betrothal is not valid. It's not valid. So if he claims to be a tzaddik, then the situation is a different situation. And the law is that we must always consider the betrothal technically valid, meaning that we assume that the person making his claim is telling the truth. So how can this be like that? Like if a person comes and says, I'm a tzaddik, I'm such a righteous person, and it happens to be he's a really rotten human being, how can this poor woman be um, betrothed to this man? So the Talmud tells us a shocking thing. Claiming to be a tzaddik is not a false pretense at all. This is so because in that one moment when he made that claim, the person could have had genuine feelings of repentance. So, you know, when a person is doing teshuva at a certain moment, when he says, I'm a tzaddik, for sure in his head comes the idea, you know, I have to be a better person. And just by thinking that, he becomes a tzaddik. So according to the Rambam, even for a second, so according for the Rambam, determination through one more mitzvah, one action, one word, or even one thought, a, a, a person can tip the scales for himself and the entire world to the side of good and causes salvation for them. It is clear that Judaism equates the intention to the act itself. So intention is so important. I remember many years ago I asked a, a Rebetzin, I used to do Bikur Holim in the hospital, I used to go and visit sick people. And sometimes, you know, it happened that last minute you couldn't go. Like one of your kids got sick, or you got sick, or something came up that had to be taken care of and you couldn't go. So I said to her, I feel so bad when I can't go to the hospital. I feel so bad because, you know, some people are not getting the mitzvah, getting the visit. So she says to me, Margie, you have it all wrong. The intention that you have to go to the hospital, even if you don't go because something happened and you couldn't make it, it's counted as if you did the mitzvah. In heaven, they counted, bonus, Margie went and did Bikur Holim. It counts like if I went to the hospital and visited sick people, even though I didn't go. And the people who were gonna get a visit from you are gonna get a visit anyways. Because whoever is decreed to have a visit, to feel good, to have a nice visitor, to feel uh, loved and, 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 and important, that person is gonna get a visitor that day. If it's not you, it's gonna be someone else. Hashem manages the world. So either way, it's done. So an action we take in our minds is as powerful as one we take with our hands and this is heartening as it is dangerous because we can see that if we don't have we don't harbor we don't uh, train ourselves to use our minds for positive positivity a lot of negativity can come out of us so at the end it is our choice as to which will be so i wish you a blessed week and uh, I hope that a little by little we are able to get rid of all the negativity that, that really pesters us, like there, it's toxic, it doesn't do good to anybody, not to you, not to anybody, not to the person you're thinking about. So remember, uh, our thoughts matter, and when we take it upon ourselves to really have that switch on all day and always be switching the negativity into positive, positive we will for sure live a little higher. Thank you.